to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You always think the League Cup, Newcastle, Hunters, Hunters, Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. It is episode 15 for 2021, and we have another cracking episode uh, full of guests for you today. Uh, of course, a few quick mentions before we do a congratulations uh, to the Cessnock Goannas for being the first side through to the final of our People's Club of the Region. Our second semi final is well underway to determine who will take on the Goannas in the final. Uh, make sure if you get the opportunity this weekend to support uh, an NRL game to get out and purchase your Mark Hughes Foundation beanies in beanies for brain cancer round. Otherwise, jump onto the Mark Hughes Foundation website and support an absolutely great cause and a legend of local footy, uh, a great from the Curry Curry Bulldogs and the Newcastle Knights. And finally, a big welcome on board to our new uh, major partner, Smart Artist, uh, a great photographer who will have a little bit more of a chat about uh, his work and uh, other things he does in a short time when we bring Josh Spiegelman onto the show. So, uh, as I said, a bumper show. We've got uh, guests covering off on the B-grade Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League competition with brothers Dylan and Ryan Jones and uh, also the Northern Conference with Matt Hinton, the captain coach of the Dungog Warriors. We also catch up with Harry O'Brien from the Cessnock Goannas in the Denton Engineering Cup and, of course, cover off on the stats from the Denton Engineering Cup with Josh Spiegelman as well as wrapping up with our NRL round preview. So sit back, enjoy plenty of in-depth footy coverage as we talk all things local rugby league. All right, let's get into the first segment of a bumper episode 15 of League Castle. And of course, as we uh, regularly are now, we're joined by uh, our stats guru and Newcastle Rugby League, Denton Engineering Cup Rugby League aficionado, Josh Spiegelman. Josh, welcome back again, mate. Uh, I feel like I've got to stop welcoming you back, mate. You're almost part of the furniture. Yeah, feels like a mate, but no, great to be on again. Uh, got a great uh, recap of uh, exciting round 11, some big scores, some close scores and some upsets to get through, so let's get into it. There's a little bit of everything there, mate, um, but before him, we've got a little bit of uh, breaking news and we hinted at it today uh, around the um, the leading try score post that went up on both our Facebook and Instagram today and, and that's around that we've uh, brought on board a new partner, uh, a naming rights partner for the podcast for the rest of this season and they've also uh, kindly contributed to uh, some of our awards that we're going to have up and we're you know, it's been a, a double announcement because we're going to expand the awards as well. So, firstly, we'd like to welcome on board uh, one of the sharpest lenses in the business, smart artists who've joined us uh, on the podcast. Uh, Johnny does a great job, uh, especially with Maitland and some of the school footy and a number of other events. So, we'll be sharing some of his details on the page in the next couple of days as well just to uh, get his stuff out there. So, if you need someone to shoot an event, uh, he's got a lot of other strings of his bow as well. Check out his Facebook page, Smart Artist. But... Josh, he's uh, come on board and he, he's not only uh, seen your $100 charity prize that we've come up with in the League Castle coffers, mate, but he's uh, he's raised the bar as well. 
Yeah, tremendous effort by him, mate. And a fantastic business, like you mentioned. I've used some of his graphics before for my stats. Uh, Maitland during the President's Cup season last year. So fantastic work and, yeah, really great contribution by him if you want to run through it for the listeners. Yeah, so we, we um, as the show, will be having $100 up for the Player of the Year on or the Statsman, Statsman of the Year. That's a bit of a mouthful when I say it like that. Yeah. Uh, so there'll be a $100 donation to charity of the winners on the winner's behalf of their choice. Uh, but uh, Johnny from Smart Artists has also come to the party. He's going to put up a $100 uh, cash prize. And not only that, we're going to also have the same prizes for the leading try scorer of 2021. So there will be $100 of charity of his choice and uh, also a $100 cash prize. And the same for the leading point scorer in the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League Women's Tackle A-grade competition. So... Uh, again, $100 to the ladies' uh, charity of choice and also to their bottom line. So, uh, very exciting to have some prizes there. We, we well, you know, it was off your bat, Josh, that you came up with the idea initially for the, the donation to charity for the winner. So, great to see that there's some, some little prizes out there that we can do a little bit to give back and, uh, you know, primarily and uh, um, in the majority, thanks to Smart Artists and their great support of both our podcast and local footy. Absolutely fantastic, mate. Great inclusiveness there across both men's and women's games. So, yeah, plenty for the players of both uh, sports, uh, both codes to, yeah, yeah, jump on and give it their best crack to win. Yeah, 100%. And Johnny was adamant about that, about making it equal across the board for the men's and the women's. And, you know, we've seen the growth of the, the women's game, you know, on a local level almost, you know, in the last couple of days with the Knights announcing the NRLW side will be participating there. So a great pathway for those girls in the women's tackle and ladies league tag locally to, you know, further their careers and have a pathway just like all of us boys or the ones with ability, probably not yourself and I, uh, have had locally for many years, mate. Exactly. And, yeah, listeners, do yourself a favour and watch that release video for the NRLW put out by the Knights during last week. That was absolutely brilliant work. Goes to show what it means for the young women around the Hunter region to have that that and dream realised or potentially realised. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And it's great to see. Yeah, it certainly is, mate. And great to see uh, recent NRL retiree Blake Green on board as their coach. But, mate, we're here to talk about uh, the Statsman Stats Performers of the Week uh, from each of the rounds. So let's get into it. Let's kick it off uh, with the big victory. The Maitland Pickers uh, ran out 48-6 to winners. There were some big score lines on Saturday, but this was the biggest of them. Uh, so I'm going to pick that uh, Maitland have dominated the points here. Yeah, exactly right, mate. Absolutely massive score here. That's the second week in a row Maitland have notched a 48 to six score line, and now I note they've outscored their opponents 126 to 18 in their past three matches. So pretty scary for anyone that comes up against Maitland. It certainly is. Uh, you want to be defensively sound, and Cessnock will have their opportunity to do so this week, and that'll be a cracker. But uh, who are the point scorers here, mate? Who who are your three best uh, in reverse order, starting with the one point? Yeah, this was number one. Uh, one point was tough for me to pick between, mate. I thought um, Terence C.C. was a standout for Wyong. He had a great first half, three line breaks and a try. Um, also between Chad O'Donnell and Big Sam Anderson, he got an incredible 222 metres from 22 carries. It's one of the highest of the season. But um, I just had to go with Pat Mataudio here. On the back, the back of a powerful attacking performance, he scored two tries, 115 metres, a team-high nine tackle buffs, two line breaks and an offload, also making 95% of his tackles. So that goes to show you how incredible performance it was if he only notched one point. 
Yeah, certainly, mate. I I, uh, I knew it was a tough tough field when uh, just for the uh, sheer audacity of dumb, dummying to uh, Perry LeBrock from James Bradley didn't didn't rack him a point, mate. I thought that was you, you sent that through to me. And I thought that was one of the funnier moments and and well captured in commentary by the boys at Bar TV with those two boys being neck and neck, as we'll see momentarily in the uh, try scoring leaderboard. Yeah, very cheeky moment there. Yeah, Perry LeBrock also had a couple of chances to extend his um, lead on the try score tallies. We'll go through later, but um, moving on to the two points. I gave it a big Jaden Butterfield there. He got man of the match uh, in the Bar TV or to uh, Newcastle Rugby League man of the match for this game. Uh, I gave him two points. He got 151 metres off 18 carries, two tackle busts. He also threw a great cutout ball for a line break assist and a try assist to James Bradley, who ran away to score. Um, but yeah, Butterfield was great. He had 100% tackles once again. He won 94% of them in the ruck and scored a try of his own. So no errors, no line break try causes. Or anything, so yeah, two points for big, big Butterfield here. Yeah, and I, I don't think it'll be any surprise. Uh, the uh, mastermind, the conductor of the orchestra, was the man to pick up the three points. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, con- uh, the halfback trend, as you will go through this week, but Brock Lamb, he took out the three points. He got a breather with about five or ten minutes to go in the game. Before that, he he amassed five try assists, which is Matt Duffy from the few weeks ago, and another try contribution, a line break assist, four tackle busts, two offloads. And it's instrumental in Maitland's big score there, like Chad O'Donnell was last week, getting the three points. So couldn't go past Brock Lamb here, and that moves him to equal top of the leaderboard, as we'll go through later. I'm just hoping that being Matt Dufty-esque, it doesn't mean that Matt Lantry's uh, shopping, around, shopping him around for 2022. <laughs> I wouldn't say so, mate. I think Matt Lantry has a lot more brains than the Dragon stuff. <laughs> yeah, certainly. I, I think he'll be hanging on to Brock Lamb as long as he can, although I wouldn't be surprised to see Brock have another opportunity at the higher levels at his age. So... While we're on big scores, mate, let's move along to Lakes versus the entrance. It was 30-6, to six, the Seagulls. A big win for them and uh, lifted them off the bottom of the table. Yeah, it did, mate. Huge win for Lakes here. Um, uh, I noted down as spectators, they, they went to a boxing match with a bit of rugby league broke out in this one because, as I showed you on the video, there was a, quite a bit of biff in this one if the spectators want to go back and have a look and see what they're missing out in the NRL. Some fiery punches thrown, but, yeah, yeah. Lakes got the knockout blow with 30-6 with 30 to six wins. They certainly did, and uh, yeah, look, it's uh, worth the price of a week's Bar TV subscription, that's for sure, and uh, you know, I mean, I'd encourage all of our listeners who are Newcastle Rugby League fans to get onto the Bar TV subscriptions anyway, just to take in some of the quality footy that's on display, and we've seen plenty of it, and uh, who were who the point getters here, mate? Uh, who stood out from the entrance in a losing cause for you? Yeah, I gave a point to the entrance to Oni Tonga here, he played five eights for them, he had two line breaks and put on the try just for their only try. Also busted a number of tackles throughout the game. I thought he did a pretty, pretty decent job behind a pack that was pretty well beaten for most of the game here, dominated. So, yeah, point to Sioni Tonga. Lovely, mate. And I assume it was the Lakes boys picking up the uh, majors. Yeah, it was indeed. Two points go to Lakes fullback Matt Cooper, who makes his um, debut in the graphic. We'll put up the stats leaderboard later in the week. Uh, yeah, after scoring the opening try of the match, he went on to have a great game. He topped the team with 192 metres and 21 carries. Four tackle busts, the line break, and he also forced two errors, um, which, which was great to see from a, from, from a back. And he also made a great try saver right at the end of the game. And that sent the Lakes faithful wild in the stands. That's great to see the passion from the fans there. You can see it meant a lot to them getting a big win and just the 80-minute effort from the boys there. It's like, Yeah, they're certainly getting the crowds back at Carl as they start to hit some form, the Seagulls, mate. But uh, who was the standout? Again, I'm assuming it's a man, it was a man in blue and gold based on the margin of victory. 
Yeah, it was. It was like Daniel Peck this week for the three points. He, he wore the number nine jersey in this match. You know, he goes between seven and nine. Uh, but even wearing the number nine, he recorded three try assists, four line break assists, a further try contribution, a line break of his own, two tackle busts and an offload. So that's great when you think about the attacking you know, impetus he provides for the team. But while playing hooker, he also made a team high 40 tackles in defence at 93%. And he's not a huge guy. I'm sure he won't mind me saying the amount of skill he's got, but to do that as well as the attacking clinic he put on, it was just crucial in this win. That's a lot of work for a, uh, as you say, not the biggest body, but he's always thrown above his weight as Daniel Peck, so uh, well-deserved there, and he's been a key part of the uh, mid-season renaissance out at Carl Oval, mate. But let's move on. The next one, a couple of sides that uh, you've had some connection with, mate, the Macquarie Scorpions and the South Newcastle Lions. Uh, mate, uh, the Scorps putting on, a, an, again, a fairly hefty attacking display. They've got plenty of points in them, Macquarie. 40 points to 18 against the Lions, and unfortunately that and the previous result sees the Lions drop to 10th on the ladder. Who were the standouts here, mate? Was it was it all things green and gold out at Lyle Peacock? Yeah, it was all things green and gold in the points, mate. I will note that um, South, South were without Mitch Black and Harry Croker, who both played for the Knights New South Wales Cup side, so that obviously hurt them there. And while Luke Higgins, who's obviously been a consistent appearance on the Statsman leaderboard, was out from Macquarie with that high ankle sprain, so... Keeping that in mind, we'll go through the points here. I'm going to go one point to score edge Ben Ruth. He scored a try. He's also flashing pretty good creativity, I thought, for a big body edge. Two offloads, two line break assists, and a try contribution. And he made 96% of his own tackles in defence. So he did get sin bin late in the contest, but it was for a professional foul, and the game was pretty much out of reach. So didn't uh, tag that one against him this week. So point goes to Ben Ruth. Lovely, mate, and, uh, mate, uh, he's, he's one, one of the favourites on this show. We've had him on last year when he was out at the Swampies, who's picked up the two points. Yeah, yeah, two points go to Scorps, um, strike centre Royce Jeffrey, um, scored another try in this game. He also topped the team in metres with 176 off 19 carries and a tireless effort, I thought. He had a team high six tackle busts, three line breaks, and was unlucky not to have a try assist after the ball he threw to the winger, Joe Woodbury, which he went over in the corner, was ruled back when his foot apparently went on the line, but I'll just call that questionable. But, um, yeah, Royce Jeffrey, Royce Jeffrey, yeah, another two points for him, which uh, bumps him up, also equal leader in the leaderboard. He's uh, he's sniffing about about two of the prizes, mate. So once he knows that there's even more on the line, who knows what we'll see from Royce Jeffrey for the rest of the year. He could be cashing in big time come season's end. But who was it that outshone Royce uh, in the Macquarie Scorps outfit on Saturday? Yeah, it was none other than their halfback, Andrew Sumner. Um, I thought he looked dangerous all game, and that stats reflected that. He scored a try of his own. He had a try assist, a line break assist, and a further try contribution, line break contribution. Uh, I thought he's really good running the ball, which with the Scorps halves, you see this week in, week out. Sometimes they don't run it so much, they let the strike back do it. But this game, you know, Sumner took it on his own to do it. He broke five tackles. He ran for 107 metres off just nine carries, so... 11.9 metres to carry is fantastic for a half, and that was the second best in the whole team. He made the two line breaks and had two offloads. He also forced a drop out. So really solid three-point all-round performance for Andrew Sumner. Yeah, he's, he's an elusive runner and uh, can make some metres when given the opportunities. But let's keep punching along. Next up, we've got uh, the upset win in some minds, but uh, they're almost the form team of the competition alongside Maitland. The West Rosellas, 16-10, over Cessnock, it was an arm wrestle of a game, but uh, I'm going to guess looking at the scoreboard that uh, West picked up the majority of the points, although I know that uh, the back row of Cessnock worked a lot against a uh, rampaging West pack. 
Yeah, they did, mate. Um, as you said, the form team, the team in the comp now. West uh, rolled on to their fourth win on the trot. Um, they avenged the earlier season round two loss to Sethnock. Um, yeah, Sethnock are have to turn it around pretty quick because they've paced, you know, the powerhouse Maitland we talked about recently. But, you know, they will have some confidence because they're the only team to have knocked off Maitland, obviously, so far this season back in round three. So uh, going into the points now, one point we're going to give to Sethnock, Wyatt Shaw. I thought his efforts in a losing side on the edge of Sethnock were rewarded late if he scored a 40-metre follow after try to make the scoreboard a little tad more respectable. So one point to Wyatt Shaw. Yeah, he's certainly been uh, one of the standouts for them in recent weeks. I know he picked up the Bar TV uh, award only a week or two back. I think it was last week and also a point to the second week in a row. He's uh, picked up a point from you, mate. Uh, who have we got? Uh, I'm assuming if that's the way the cookies crumble, then we're going to have two boys in red, green and white picking up the two and three points. Fire them through. Yeah, we are, mate. Yep. So Max Badiris is going to get the two points for me, West 5-8. I thought he terrorised Sethnock's winger with um, two perfectly placed crossfield kicks uh, for his own winger to score here. Uh, looking at the highlights, he found the grass on several long kicks in play as well with um, yeah, some good support supports in there as well. So obviously I don't do the, the main stats for the listeners here for either of these teams, so I have to rely on the highlight footage. But yeah, he stood out to me enough to earn the two points. And based on that, I'm going to assume that that winger being Malu Fiu was the man that uh, picked up with it with a key double in that game that picked up the three. He is, mate. Yeah, I always love giving wingers the three points as a ex-winger, hopeless winger myself <laughs> on, on the wing. Uh, yeah, Malu Fiu gets the three points. He scored that double. He had some strong carries throughout the contest. And he, um, I know that he helped West get out of their own end, taking pressure off the forwards a number of times, which in a tight contest, you know, 16-6, 16-10, that's invaluable um, against the big Cessnock pack, so he gets the three for me. Yeah, he's certainly uh, very much in that uh, that uh, David Nofaluma sort of mould of the, the, the big heavy carries, but he's still quite athletic when he gets into the opportunities to score in the corners. So uh, well-deserved by Malu there. He's been good for West this year. The final game, just a standalone on Sunday, and it was Central and Curry, and Curry probably went into this fairly heavy outsiders, but certainly made Central work for the win, Central in the end, 30 to 22 winners at home at St. John Oval to keep themselves equal top of the table. Yeah, Curry were really gritty, mate. I, didn't, I think it was a great team effort by them, so it's hard to give anyone a point from their team, but that doesn't mean that they, they didn't play well. As you said, they were pretty big underdogs, so full credit to Curry there for giving giving Central a great game. So if we move into the points, um, I had three standout, standout players this game, but they were just hard to put in an order. Managed to do it in the end, so we'll go for one point. Going to give it to Cameron Anderson, Spider here. He could have easily got the two or three points in another match. Like I said, he's just a little bit outshone by the guys we'll speak about soon. But he scored a try of his own. He had a try assist, two line breaks across Central's five tries. You know, customary, strong carries. Typical for carry uh, tackles in the back. So a point to Spider there. He's certainly always amongst the points. He's a fairly regular appearee on this segment. Uh, as are two of the next couple that uh, have picked up the other points from Central. Yeah, you saw a first-hand man being at the game yourself, but um, central second row, Randall Briggs, gets the two points for me. He, Like you mentioned off-air, he was unstoppable in the first 15, 20 minutes of this game. Uh, heavily involved in central's attack on the edge. He scored their first try. Then he sent Spider through with a great offload after breaking two tackles, which set up central second. Then he scored. He wasn't finished. He scored the third try after another great short ball from the man. We will reveal as the three points. He certainly did, and, and this man had the ball on a string at moments and uh, scored a great try himself as well. So who was the garden that uh, that dominated this game from your point of view? 
Yeah, the gun mate for me, Dylan, uh, Dylan Pithian, uh, number six essential. Yeah, absolutely great game here. Clinical attacking performance. Scored the try, as you mentioned. Three try assists, three line break assists with some beautiful short balls, as we mentioned, to Randall Briggs. Great vision and also a pretty good kicking game, short kicking game as well. So three points to Dylan Pithian. Lovely, mate. So that uh, takes our leaderboard now top 10, which is uh, sort of showing... Uh, 12 at the moment with three players in equal 10th and I might do the odds and you can do the evens here, mate. So uh, neck and neck, we've got uh, that man you talked about from Lakes United perking, uh, peeping his way into the top 10 at last, Matt Cooper. He's been a real revelation since he's made the fullback jersey his own. He's alongside two experienced halves in Chad O'Donnell and Luke Walsh on seven votes. Yep, and then we've also got Dylan Pithian on eight points now who's snuck up the leaderboard after some great recent performances and he joins Tyler Randall from Curry, who is also on eight points. And then we've got a bunch of players on nine points. We've got uh, the injured Luke Higgins. He's alongside Tyrone Roberts-Davis and Adrian Davis, both from Cessnock, as well as the uh, evergreen experienced hooker Mitch Williams, the captain coach of the Wyong Roos. So a real pack there, uh, hot on the heels of our... Our top three, mate, if you want to fire through those. Yeah, mate. So a bit of a buffer. Two points here for 11 points. We've got Cameron Spider-Anderson sitting by himself on 11. And then really narrowly ahead of him on 12 points, we have, you know, the superstar Brock Lamb from Maitland and the strike weapon Royce Jeffy from Macquarie equal first. So really hot race here for the league cast of Sat Man of the Year. Yeah, it certainly is, mate. And then just to, just to make it even even more neck and neck, when you have a look back, there's another ten players back on at six points. So uh, and and a number of others who we saw some heavy points from in recent weeks, uh, including Max Badiris and uh, Randall Briggs back on five as well. So there's thirty players probably well within striking distance, and in, and plenty of them in good form. So it's neck and neck, mate. We might jump across quickly to the try scorers. Uh, there was no action in the women's tackle, so we won't give you an update on that one this week because there was no games across. The weekend, but the try scorers, and and we will run through just sort of the top few going from six tries. We've got uh, one of the men we just talked about, Dylan Pithian, alongside Terence CUCU. Seven tries. We've got Randall Briggs and Cam Anderson. It's a bit of a central bunch there at the back. Uh, you then got Tyrone Roberts Davis on eight, and then on eight in sixth place. And the top five is all Macquarie and Maitland. You've got Rob Burstrow and Royce Jeffrey on nine. And again, very similar to the uh, leaderboard on the uh, points. We've got a two point gap before two players, James Bradley and Joey Woodbury on 11. And uh, Perry LeBrock is still out in front, even though he had a trialless effort on the weekend on 12. Uh, the scary thing for any of those Macquarie and Cessnock and Central gang that are all up there is those Maitland boys have got a game in hand on them. So, uh, yeah, you'd certainly think the Maitland uh, faithful would be uh, pretty confident of not only their side continuing into some good form, but also one of their players leading that deep into the season. Yeah, they just want to hope that uh, the big front rowers don't steal too many tries off the mate, Jaden Butterfield. You know, he can find the line. So um, I'm sure Perry LeBrock wants to convert his chances going forward. But yeah, they look great, uh, the whole team. And with the game in hand, yeah, they look to be favourites. Yeah, there's certainly some big movers and shakers there, though. I look at Rob Bursaro from Macquarie. He scored uh, five in the last four and uh, Randall Briggs three in his last two. So there's a few dark horses Sneaking up that leaderboard, mate. I'm sure there'll be some someone will appear from the clouds to sort of, certainly make their way into the top ten before the season's end. With still another yeah. seven rounds and some catch up games to go. Yeah, exactly, mate. And I'll just give um, Rob Bursar a shout out too. I don't mention him, haven't mentioned too much on the points because he obviously plays in a team with a lot of people who register Stats Man of the Year points. But he, he's consistently solid for the scores. He not only scores tries, but he most he most often returns kickoffs, which says a lot about someone when you're a winger. 
about the size of a prop forward, but speed of a centre and a winger. So, yeah, he's pilot for that team. And, um, yeah, yeah, great season by him so far. Yeah, from uh, from what I've seen in Macquarie, and I haven't seen a lot of them this year, he reminds me of uh, probably that Willie Paleo cut of a, uh, a winger, real big body, but um, certainly happy to roll up his sleeves and, and, and use his size in the middle to help out your forward pack as well, which is great to see. Definitely, mate, definitely. All right, mate. Well, we might take a bit of a break. I've got a few people to catch up with. I've got Harry O'Brien from Cessnock. We've got uh, Matt Hitton from Dungog and also Dylan and Ryan Jones, the Philippines International and Swansea Bookends to catch up with. And once I've had a chat with the, the four of them, absolutely bumper episode this week, I'll come back and, and we'll wrap up with a quick scope of uh, the round of the NRL to come ahead if you like, mate. Perfect, mate. Thanks, it. Okay, we're now covering off on the Newcastle and Hunnett Community Rugby League B-grade competition and uh, we are primed today for a double treat from uh, one of the top sides in the competition. Not only have we got one front rower, but we've got two front rowers and they're international front rowers, boys who have turned out for the Philippines. They're down at Swansea with the Swansea Swans, formerly out at Dudley. Uh, I'm joined by Dylan and Ryan Jones. Welcome to the show, boys. Hey, mate, how are you? mate, how are you? Yeah, going well. Thank you very much for a bit of time. You've been some busy boys. We're just talking about it off the air, and we might dig into it first before we get into the trip down uh, the Pacific Highway from Dudley to Swansea and what led you there. Uh, you guys have been turning out over the last couple of years uh, for the Philippines in International Rugby League, and you know it's been obviously a great opportunity for you guys to represent your heritage. But uh, how did that come about, and uh, how long have you been doing it for? Give us a bit of background on, on what's happening with the, the Philippines. I think it's the Tamarals, the, the, interna- the national side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tamarills, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I started... So, Dylan, obviously, was there a few years before me. Um, and then when I was, yeah, 17, 18, he got me in there and, yeah, just went from there. And then, yeah, we played... Went into camp last Thursday and played test match against Brazil on Sunday, which we, uh, we got up and that was good. Yeah, awesome. So, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a fairly Australian-based side. It's players predominantly for, that are playing in local competitions here. And I think over the last couple of years, there's been there's been at different points, and I don't know whether whether it's been alongside you guys, but there's been some players that have sort of been fringe NRL. I know Andrew Everingham was there a few years ago and those sorts of things. So how's that experience been playing alongside, you know, players from different competitions and representing the culture? Yeah, it's good. Um, so there's like, yeah, there's Paul Shady there that played uh, for Melbourne Storm. A couple of years back, and then like Big Reds Phillips that came up in the Camber Raiders juniors and that. Yep. But um, no, it's good. Like you're playing, you're playing with yeah some good players and Lucky Sharma, yeah. Sharma's brother. Yep. And yeah, Kevin Gordon's brother as well. DJ, he's in there as well. So yeah, you're playing, you're playing with good players. No, it's good, different, and yeah, it's good. I hope Kev's not getting out around about camp. Is he? He's a bit of a different character. Nah, it would have been good if he was. But <laughs> it was about the last week, it was about the play. Yeah, right. I, I could imagine um, post-game celebrations with Kev would be a little bit different uh, as <laughs> anyone that caught the episode of the Matty John show that he was on during uh, COVID lockdown. He's a, he's, yeah, he's, a, he's a different character, certainly, as Kev. But mate, I, I think it's great to see some of these emerging nations and you know popping up. And we had the Emerging Nations World Cup a couple of years ago. Were you guys involved in that at all? or? Yeah, we were, yeah. And, and how was that sort of, you know, obviously it's not... The same as you know, the same level as the World Cup, but getting that opportunity to represent the Philippines and play against some of those other developing nations in in rugby league. Yeah, no, it was good. Like as again, you've got some good players that are playing New South Wales Cup, 
in Queensland Cup and a few people that are still in like NRL teams, juniors that are playing in it as well. So, yeah, you've had some, you've had some good teams and good players. So, like, it is, it is a bit of a step up in which is good, but, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I think a couple of those sides, like, I'm not sure whether it was Malta or uh, might have had a Harry Saker who'd come straight back from the Super League and playing in, like, the Super League semifinals to, to pop into the back end of that competition and stuff. So there's some decent players, as you say, going around there and really challenging yourselves. Yeah, yeah. He played, I think he played for Poland. Poland, yeah. Yeah, that's right, mate. Sorry, uh, I stand corrected on that. Um, and then I know some of the first graders from around here, the likes of Pete Cronin and um, Ethan Niscott and those sorts of guys were down there playing for Malta and Poland and those sorts of things as well. So it's, there's some, there's some yeah. good standard of footballers playing around there. But let's get on to the local stuff. Uh, you guys have been around at Central and then at Dudley and you've headed down to Swansea this year. What prompted the move down the highway? Uh, yeah, we played our first game of footy down at Swansea, me and Dylan, when we were in our juniors. So we just thought we'd give back to, you know, our junior club and have a bit of fun and get the boys together. And, um, no, it's going good. Yeah, Swansea, obviously, they've been fairly competitive in some other lower grades the last couple of years. Stepped up to B grade this year and you're doing quite well and we'll get to the big clash this Friday night in a little bit. But uh, how's that been, uh, you know, being part of sort of, you know, the resurgence of, of a club that's been a strong, proud member of originally the Lower Hunter and now the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League? Yeah, well, it's good. But you can tell that the club as a whole, like, you know, they, they've got a big heart and they want to go good always. So, no, it was good when um, Jakey Ronan, the captain, hit us up. Well, yeah, we are pretty keen straight away to get back down there and give back to a junior club, you know. Yeah, lovely. And and you, and you talked about that whole of club, and you've got the girls down there as well this year. They, you know, they've only had a ladies league tag side for a few years now, but they're in that B grade competition for the ladies league tag, and they're you know only a couple of wins off the top, and and certainly going to be amongst it when the whips are cracking. They're doing quite well as well. Yeah, they are. They're, they're turning up when we're training Tuesday, Thursday. They're there as well, and you know sometimes jump with us, and we all train as a whole, which is good. And yeah, that get a few wins. Yeah, they get yeah they're getting some wins on the weekend as well. So no, it's good. And whenever it goes back to the pub after and has a few beers and celebrate, it's good. Yeah, lovely. So both sides are away this weekend, and we'll get into your game this this weekend shortly. But um, how's it been in terms of um, you know? I see you've played some Friday night games. You boys enjoying sort of playing under lights down there at Parbury. It's uh, it's a fairly foreboding place for away sides to come. Yeah, that's no, good. Well, you tra- you're tra- you're training on Tuesday night and Thursday night, and then you're playing a Friday night. Like, how good's that? You're trained under the light. How good's playing under it? Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly right. So, well, let's have a look. You've, you've seen the majority of the competition already, you know, we're at that midpoint of the, of the year. So, let, let's have a run through the other games, and I'll get your thoughts and your tips on who's going to get the wins. And I know there'll probably be some bias when we come to the derby game between Dudley and Windale. We might actually kick off with it. It's 3.30 at Dudley Oval on, on Saturday, yeah. Both sides, no love lost between these two sides, as you guys would know. But uh, who do you think is going to get the chocolates here? Is it going to be uh, the Magpies or the Windale Eagles? I reckon, I reckon, and I reckon Dudley will get them. Windale, Windale's been good. So it'll, it'll, be a good it'll be a good game. But I reckon, when we both we both back to them now, and now I reckon Dudley just have a bit more strike. But yeah, so I reckon, I reckon Dudley might get them. Yeah, right. So the two, two votes for Dudley. Yeah, I reckon Dudley as well. This, this next one will be an interesting one. Also 3.30. It's up at McKeechee Sports Ground at Aberglassen. And it's the Aberglassen Ants. They're sort of a bit of a roller coaster side. And they take on the Budgeoy Bulldogs. Budgeoy, the defending C-grade premiers. And uh, they've, they've had a bit of a tough year this year, though. Budgeoy, just the one win. Do you think they can upset Aberglassen up there? Or is the road trip going to be too tough? Um, I don't know. In this one, 
you'd like to see Budgie Boy win, but I just think Aberglassen would just be a bit too strong out there. Yeah, I think I think it's oh, Aberglassen seemed to be one of those sides that's a little bit dependent on on who's been roped into Saturday afternoon uh, tradie work or mine work, and uh, that could very much impact that one. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, I reckon I reckon the ants will get a bit of a long drive for the Budgie Bulldogs. Yep, no, lovely. The, uh, the the final match before we look into Friday night's blockbuster is uh, it's a bit of a local derby. It's Newcastle University taking on. Glendale, Glendale, similar to uh, to Budgie, where we haven't had the best of years after dropping back from the A-grade competition. They've lost a couple of players. They've got two wins to their bow. Newcastle University sitting in fourth. Uh, they're four wins and four losses. So um, who do we think here? Is it going to be the university winning on campus? Uh, I, reckon, I reckon Glendale will get them. You know, they've, got, they've got a big pack. And when we uni, they haven't had the biggest size, but they're a bit more mobile. But I reckon um, Glendale's big pack will get them. And, yeah, I reckon Glendale. It's good, good to see, good to see a front row voting for the big pack. I like that. <laughs> All right, love it. Sorry, mate. Someone's got it. Yeah, exactly, mate. You, the, the big boys have got to stick together, right? Yeah, that's it. Spe- spe- <laughs> speaking of big boys, the Friday night clash. It's out at Tuxford Park under lights. This you talk about playing under lights. This will be a, a fairly, uh, fairly solid experience in itself. And it's you guys taking on Shortland, both sitting fairly well at this point of the year. Shortland came up from C grade, and they've pretty much taken all comers. Um, now, you sit two points behind them. A win here would pull you back level with themselves and Dudley, depending on results. So it's a fairly key clash, and, and you're going to have your work cut out for you. They're a fair, fairly physical side as well with some strike in the uh, halves and the outside backs. Yeah, no, it'll be good. This is an exciting game that we've all been waiting for. Like, you know, they've come up and they haven't lost, have they? So, um, well, we've got a few players back. We've got a few injured. Um, we have, yeah, we have a strike winger back. JJ and we got a good halves, Morgo and um, Doyle. So no, that, they'll step up. I know they'll step up this week. And yeah, we got you know we got a few big boys on the bench that so will come on when us when us when we're blowing. So no, I reckon it'll be yeah, big big uh, Lachlan K, big fella. You hear about him running off the back fence if you're there. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be a good game. So excited to see what happens. Certainly, just look, looking back through the results, it, I'm, I'm sure it's a focus for you guys. You've been almost immaculate at home, um, but on the road, you, that's where you, you've suffered your couple of losses in recent weeks, so you're probably looking to get some away form happening again Friday night, and you know, as I said, you've played a couple of Friday night games, so you're 100% on a Friday night. That's got to be uh, a little bit of confidence as well. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, we'll get under the, under the lights tomorrow night and, and then back out there Friday. So, yeah, the eyes will be, the eyes will be set the tone already, so nah, we're 100% so far, so yeah, we'll under the light, so hopefully keep it going, eh? Yeah, lovely. Well, I guess, mate, uh, all the best for Friday night. Hopefully we can catch up with you and the boys. Uh, I know there's some certainly some characters down there at Swansea, so we might have to try and get some of the others on later <laughs> in the season to uh, t- talk a bit of banter, or maybe even if we can uh, drag ourselves out down there. I know uh, old Paul Gosper will welcome, welcome me and the uh, crew in with open arms down there. He's a good man at Swansea, so... Um, yeah, yeah, we'd love to get down there at some point. Hopefully, when you guys are charging well towards the finals. But just, mate, uh, if we can, boys, what would you say to anyone who's uh, got some idle time on their hands on Friday night? Uh, should they make the trek down to Tuxford and uh, rock, rock some green and yellow? Oh, 100 percent. Get down there, get a beer in your hand, and a few boys running off the back fence. That's for sure. Yeah, get vocal, and you won't regret it. Eh? That's it. Lovely, boys. Well, big thanks again. Good luck on Friday night. And uh, hopefully, as I said, we'll be catching up with uh, some of the boys from the Swans later in the season as you head deep towards the grand final. Nah, awesome, mate. Thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, mate. 
All right, we're back with the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League, and we're looking at the Northern Conference as one of our competitions this week. It's uh, a nice little microcosm unto itself, and uh, we welcome back a man who last time we chatted to him, it was in video format, but uh, uh, we've got him on the audio today only, and that is uh, Matthew Hinton, the uh, um, the captain coach. Is it is it Matt at Dungog at the moment? Uh, yeah, mate, sure is. Thanks for having me. No, no worries at all, mate. Thank you for coming back on the show. It's been a little while. I think last time we talked to you was pre-grand final about uh, almost two years ago now. Yeah, mate. Yeah, 19 it was too. Yeah, so um, yeah, bits happened there with the COVID year and uh, we're a bit back to normal now. And Yeah, it's good to see. And how are things, mate? Obviously, you know, um, the COVID year was tough on a lot of, you know, some of the smaller clubs and yourselves being sort of a two-team club in the seniors with the girls as well. How are things certainly in terms of numbers and, and returning people now for season 2021. Are you travelling all right? Yeah, mate, uh, we were actually lucky enough and I couldn't credit the club enough uh, for kicking on and, and playing. We took a punt, obviously, in that COVID year, but um, it's probably the best thing and, and the strongest thing the club could have done in years. So we, you know, we retained numbers and, and guys didn't go other places. We actually picked up other a couple of other blokes from um, some other clubs around locally here and, and they were happy to stay, so... No, it was good, mate, and, and we're uh, good numbers this year. I think 28 or something on the books. So, no, going really well. And the, the girls are going well uh, numbers-wise as well. So, no, the club's probably never been stronger, to be honest. It's always good to hear, mate. I think, you know, we talk about some of the clubs that are on the, you know, the, the further ends of the extremities, and certainly a lot of the clubs in that Northern Conference uh, fall into that category. And, and while those numbers are strong for you guys, I think it's it's fairly good representation for the competition as a whole, both in the men's and in the ladies' league tag, and uh, as you say, you know, travelling pretty well on both fronts. Yeah, for sure. Um, as I say, good numbers, mate, and it's just good. I mean, last year it was difficult, um, you know, travelling the budgie war and stuff like that. There's, there's no real rivalry and stuff there, but um, to get the Northern Conference back, and um, you know, every week's you know someone you either went to school with them, played a bit of juniors with them, or uh, sort of here and there, you know just guys you played against over the years. So, so it's good to be back and, and playing that format. It's good for the clubs around here, like gate money and canteen money and um, that sort of thing. And I think um, yeah, Newcastle Hunter League's done a good thing to put it back that way. And, and as I said, the, the guys, the young fellas coming through here are enjoying that rivalry and enjoying playing footy locally. So, yeah, credit to them. Um, yeah, and our girls have strung a couple of wins together too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they're enjoying a bit of normality and, and back to, um, yeah, the non-COVID stuff. And, yeah, um, Jace has got them going really well. Yeah, certainly right, mate. Um, as you said, they're, you know, they're now only two wins outside of the top five, so undoubtedly that's what they'll be having their eye on. Talking about stringing some wins together, though, mate, um, we have to go all the way back to round one for when you guys drop some points. Uh, it's now seven on the trot, which sees you sitting equal top of the comp and, you get a, a, a real test this week against one of those uh, top sides uh, in uh, Patterson. So, mate, a bumper clash, but you have to be pretty happy with the form of the boys at the moment. Uh, yeah, mate, the guys are going really well. Um, you know, we spoke earlier in the year about what we wanted to achieve and, and we knew that we'd be away for a, a fair stint. It was, I think it's been six out of the eight we've been away. Only having Terrace and Stroud back in round one at home and, yeah, spoke about what we want to achieve as a team and, and um, yeah, sort of strung them wins together and, and now we get the luxury of coming home and having um, six out of the last eight at home. So, um, got a young squad, mate, a lot of talent there and, um, 
yeah, we sort of spoke about learning to win and that sort of stuff. And but yeah, we're really looking forward to getting home this weekend and playing Patterson. Um, haven't had a top, you know, them, them top two teams or three teams in Stroud um, and Patterson and probably Clara. Were, haven't had Clara since round, I think it was three or whatever. But yep. uh, a real test for us this weekend. And yeah, looking forward to it, mate. We know that, you know, they've got a lot of strength, Patterson. They're not there for no reason. So um, yeah, that'll be a real test for us. Yeah, it certainly is, mate. And it's um, it's, a, it's a bit of an interesting stretch for you, as you say. The next three rounds, you play those three sides, yeah, um, yeah. and and you've also got, I think, something like um, six of the next seven at home. So a great chance for Bennett Park faithful to get around you, but also a real good, I guess, mid-season, you know, measuring stick for you to come up against Patterson, Stroud, and Claro back to back to back um, to really see where you sit. You know, c- come three weeks' time. Yeah, for sure, mate. Uh, I said that to the boys. It'll put us back into perspective and, and whether we come out um, sort of with our tail between our legs or, or we come out sort of on top. At this time of year, you know, as long as we compete and, you know, if they're too good on the day, well, they're too good on the day. But as you say, it lets us know where we're at and what we need to work on. Probably better happen now than, you know, I'd rather have them now than um, around 14, 15, 16. So, um, yeah, let us know where we're at, mate. Bit of a litmus test for us and, um yeah, we go back to the drawing board regardless of what happened. Yeah, it's certainly interesting the way the competition sits. You've got those yourself um, and Stroud and Patterson all equal on 14 points. Raymond Terrace um, sitting back on 10. And then you've got only three points separate the next four sides. So certainly there's, you know, some real battles in amongst that in terms of, you know, battles for, you know, those second bites at the cherry and a couple of losses in, in this run for those three sides as you all clash with each other. Could see you put fall back to the pack, but... You know, there's plenty on the line for all those teams all the way down to probably eight. You'd have to say ninth and tenth probably have really got their work cut out from if they're thinking about finals football in Morpeth and Tea Gardens. But the other eight sides all the way down to Gloucester, and we saw them have a big win last round. Uh, there's plenty on the line over the next few weeks. Yeah, mate, I, I totally agree. And I, as I said before, the, the Northern Conference, it, the rivalries make it, you know, go so deep down, as you said, like to the eighth team. And um, there probably hasn't been a team really um, yeah, it hasn't tested us at times and that's you know no disrespect to Tea Gardens they're struggling with numbers but possibly them guys but um, yeah the top eight there's, there's challenges there everywhere as I said rivalries different rivalries different blokes and and, um, and yeah it's just a, a really good comp of football and um, yeah we're enjoying it yeah, 100%, mate. Well, let's, let's have a look at this week's round and then uh, mate uh, we'll just get some thoughts from you on it and we'll start with uh, two of those rivals you talked about, they're currently sitting third and fifth. Stroud in third, the one seat team that have defeated you so far, and they take on a Clarence Town team who's positioned down in fifth and a few wins behind the top three sides, probably belies the talent that they have. I, I don't know if they've managed to string together their full-strength lineup too often this year. So who do you like here Saturday afternoon at Stroud Showground? Um, very hard to go past Stroud. They're a uh, tough team, turn up for each other. Got a great culture over there. Um but yeah, as you say, Clarence Town, you know, Benny Bradley played for footy with Benny, great player. Uh, they got Birchie there and um, a lot of talent, as you said. If, if they can get, you know, a consistent 13 to 19 there uh, every week, they'll be there when the whoops are cracking. Uh, cracking. But I've got, um, I'd have Stroud for this weekend over there. I think it'll be too hard to beat. Yeah, certainly a tough side at home, mate. Let's move on to the, the next of the matches and... Uh, it is that side we talked about before, sitting a little bit off the pace in ninth place. We've got the uh, Morpeth Bulls, and uh, they will be hosting Tea Gardens in uh, 
or what what is essentially the the battle for for ninth and tenth. So there'll be plenty on the line at quarter past three at Morpeth Oval on Saturday. So these two, while neither of them chalked a win for the year, they'll both be very keen to uh, get their first one. And as you said, both of them have challenged a number of the teams. I saw Tea Gardens take on Stroud earlier in the year, and they held with them for probably sixty minutes. So it'll still be a cracking game of footy this one. Yeah, I'd agree, mate. Um, I know they got a great coach over there, Tea Gardens in um, Trent Murphy, and a lot of young guys. I think they've got a bright future, but um, no, I just think Morpeth will be too strong. Uh, they've got a pretty good middle, Morpeth, actually. They they put us the test down there. Um, yeah, we only got away with it in the last five minutes, so I think Morpeth will win. Um, but yeah, um, I think it'll still be a good game of footy, as you say. Lovely, mate. Next up, we've got sixth and seventh. Both sides really key that they uh, probably get a win to stay in touch with the finals race uh, as we turn into the second half of the season. And it's Hinton taking on Karua. I think both sides have had some fair chop and change to their roster, as a lot of sides do around work and other commitments in this competition. Uh, it's a big trip down for Karua, and, and we've seen, obviously, they've had some some rough news in the last couple of weeks uh, with the passing of one of their players. But uh, you'd have to think they'll, they'll band together and give Hinton a red-hot crack here. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, and one, as you say, condolences to the, the uh, Karua community and, and their team over there. Um, horrible news. I've got, um, yeah, as you say, Karua, mate, I thought they were really tough, um, led by Ryan Saunders, and uh, they kept coming right to the 80th minute. I've actually, yeah, I'll, I'll pick Karua in, a, in probably a little bit of an upset, uh, to be fair. Uh, Hinton were good too. At the start of the end, we had them, but yeah, from an emotional standpoint and um, what's going on happening in the last week and that bit of a tragedy I've got Karua up in that one yeah so, certainly think that will uh, bring bring the team even further together they're a close-knit community up there but uh, undoubtedly that'll be a fairly united cause uh, before we get on to your game mate we'll go on to the late game 4.30 kickoff at Lakeside Oval it'll be fresh enough over at the terrace but uh, if anyone knows how to deal with fresh conditions it's going to be the boys from Gloucester it's the battle of the yep. magpies Raymond Terrace versus Gloucester as I said, Gloucester's position down in eighth probably belies the ability they've got there. They've got some fair talent in their side as well, but so do Raymond Terrace. This one will be a cracking clash over at Lakeside. Yeah, I do agree, mate. Um, Gloucester were tough up there. It was freezing cold up there when we played up there as well, but uh, there'd probably be a little bit of rivalry there too, I guess, because the handtaker played up there a few years ago, I think, Luke. Yep. Uh, so there'll be a little bit of feeling there. But, um, I think they're a pretty classy act, and especially if Luke plays. I can't see them getting beat at the Terrace. Um, yeah, good middles, and, and as I said, if Hansaker's playing and steering that ship around, I've, I've seen him winning pretty convincingly, to be fair. Yeah, I, I think I think the Terrace will be strong at home. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I know that, I know they came up against a fairly depleted Tea Garden side on the road last time, but their fullback, um, Jonathan Cornelius, has been scoring some tries. So he got four last game, so he'll be a danger one for Gloucester. But as you say, the Terrace would probably go into that. As uh, slight favourites, but uh, as we know, anything can happen in this competition if a team turns up on the day, as we saw, and as you mentioned with Karua giving you guys a run to the 80th minute last round. But speaking of your side, mate, uh, you come up against Patterson River. Uh, both sides, just the one lost this year. You guys were the side that inflicted that on Patterson, I believe. Uh, early in, no, it wasn't you, sorry. Um, uh, it was straight by one point. That's correct, yep. So yep. You, you, you guys... Uh, of the one loss t- as well. So both narrow margin losses, mate. Um, who, who do you see as being the keys for them? And uh, wh- where's the keys for you guys to get the two points at home this weekend? Uh, pretty good out wide. Uh, Patterson, I've watched a few of their games now. I think it's Jace Smith. The, he's a big brute, so he'll be hard to contain. Um, and uh, TJ Whaleboat played up here last year, so 
I know how much of an athlete Tej is. Um, Matty Garland around the ruck, they've, yeah, they're sort of dripping with talent. So uh, one thing about Patterson, you see down there on the hill at Clarence Town the other week, they're sort of never out of it. They'll, they can score points from anywhere. So um, defence is key for us, and and there's some pretty crafty guys there. But um, as I said, with us coming home, um, there's a few young guys that will step in and get a chance this week with a few out, but, um, yeah, really confident that we can get it done. There's a um, good bunch of guys around the club at the moment that I think half the battle with the footy team is, is people enjoying their own company. I, I say to the boys, you, you'll do a lot more for a guy that you like than someone you don't. So for us guys, I think we'll band in together for each other and, um, yeah, I'll, I'll hopefully we get the W. Yeah, certainly. I think I think just looking at the, the pure stats alone, as you talked about, Patterson, by far the best attacking side in the competition, averaging... Uh, the best part of almost 40 points a game yourself, the best defensive side averaging around 12 points a game let in. So it's going to be about, yep. you know, what, what wins that the rock or the immovable object. Uh, so uh, mate, all the best. I, de- I don't doubt it'll be a cracker. It's a double header of games down there at Dungog, which as you said, you haven't had the joy of too many of those so far this year. The girls will kick off at two o'clock against Swansea, who are a big improvers in the B grade in the ladies league tag. And then obviously your game at three. So encourage, Plenty of people to get down to Bennett Park. Uh, mate, we wish you all the best. A big thanks for coming on the show and uh, enjoy your top-of-the-table run over the next few weeks. Undoubtedly, uh, there'll be some bo- sore bodies come three weeks' time, but as we said, you'll have a real uh, litmus test as to where, where the Dungog Warriors stand in 2021. Yeah, that's it, mate. And, uh, yeah, once again, thanks for having me on, mate. And, um, yeah, I love the podcast. Listen to it every week. Thanks, Matt. Much appreciated. Cheers, mate. All right, it's that time of the show where we get a guest on to discuss the Denton Engineering Cup and uh, this week with the Bar TV Sports to his new match of the round being an absolute cracker, the rematch of the Maitland Pickers only lost for the year so far. It is Cessnock hosting Maitland up at Cessnock Sports Ground. We've got none other than their young gun fullback, Harry O'Brien, on the show. Harry, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, mate. Uh, not a problem, mate. Uh, we appreciate a little bit of your time and... Uh, before we get too deep into it, mate, it's been a pretty solid year for Cessnock. A few little bumps, including last week's uh, dropped result to West, but uh, you certainly be eyeing off the big clash this weekend. Yeah, no, 100%. As, as you said, it's um, we're happy with where we're at at the moment, but there's plenty of plenty of room for improvement. I still don't think we've um we've strung together 80 minutes all year yet, to be honest. So while we're happy with where we're at, um, yeah, as you said, last week was was a hard one to take, but um. That's what I'm alluding to in saying that we haven't haven't strung 80 minutes together. Westwood is we're better than us; they deserve the win. So, um, hopefully, the back end of the season we can start hitting our straps and um, come into form at the right time. Yeah, it's certainly been some, I guess, some challenges with with, with your side this year. You started with uh, the the brothers, the Burns brothers, I think they were, that came down from uh, Queensland Cup, and then they sort of settled in and looked like they were going to really add to the side. Then they left. Um, you've had Liam Foran in and out, obviously. AJ Davis has been in some good form and then bringing in Scott Briggs now. So you, you, I think, you know, yourselves and, and Todd are finally starting to get towards, you know, a settled lineup and, and what you're going to look like if everyone's available. Yeah, exactly. It's probably got a fair bit to do with it, not not um uh, finding that consistency yet because there's just been so many combinations all year. I, I don't know if there's been two consecutive games where we've had the, the same spine and then when, just when we were starting to get settled on, um, I found myself injured, so yeah. As I said, it's um, hopefully everyone's on the paddock from from here on in, and um, 
yeah, but barring injuries or any bad luck, we can we can start to really um, gel together a bit more. Yeah, certainly. Um, if you can reach those sorts of, I guess, the heights, if you will, of, of that win uh, against Maitland again over the next few weeks, a couple of times, that'd certainly uh, add some impetus to the the back half of the season. Yeah, exactly right. I think our teams um, we're a bit guilty of sort of just uh, doing what we have to in games. You know what I mean? So. Um, it seems the better opposition we verse, the better we play. But uh, as you said, it'd be good to play like we did against Maitland last time for all 18 rounds. But unfortunately, that's not a realistic possibility. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this weekend nonetheless. Yeah, certainly. And, and, and talking about that, obviously sitting in a pretty good position, uh, undoubtedly, as always. And as you say, you know, there's always room for improvement. And I'm sure Todd would be happy if you had a couple more wins on your sleeve and you were sitting in front of Maitland rather than a win behind them. But um, to be in that position and, you know, a bit of a gap on, on the uh, side sort of fifth and back further, uh, you guys would have to be reasonably happy with that. But I'm sure Todd's got to focus on making sure you, you continue on and, and finish in that top three, especially with Macquarie nipping at your heels only two points behind. 100% mate uh, that's what I was about to say when you're just talking then um, obviously every, every team's um, goal is to win the comp but our uh, we work in blocks so our next goal from now to the end of the season is to clinch that top three spot because it's just such an advantage getting um, getting two bites of the cherry you know, I remember in 2019 we um, we snuck in the back door from fifth and while we did make the grand final it wasn't much fun um, playing do or die footy every single game from there on in. So if you can get in that top three, I reckon it um, it really increases your chances of, of really making the grand final and then winning it. Yeah, 100%. You know, it gives you that opportunity possibly to earn a week off along the way. But as you say, if you do have one slip, you're not, you know, it's not do or die every week for sort of the best part of four weeks. And especially with the depth of the competition, without, you know, belittling the sides from from sixth and down, you know, with the top four sides who we've all seen perform at some really good level yourselves included. And we've seen what West can do over the last four weeks now that they've gotten their cohesion together. Um, and they're going to add in Ryan Walker at some point along the way. It's certainly, you know, to try and knock off all four of those sides four weeks in a row is nigh on impossible. I won't say it's impossible, but it'd be a, a pretty big task. Oh, 100%, mate. And as you said, it's, the thing about this competition is you can't only just worry about the top five teams. Anywhere from, well, as... As you said, like West are sort of put um, playing some good footy now, but even late, like yep. a couple of weeks ago, no one was giving them a chance. So they're they're a big chance of sneaking into fifth, as far as I'm concerned. So it's um it's still anyone's comp. Obviously, Maitland is setting the standard, but you and I both know that um, when it gets to the back end of the year, uh, anything can happen. That's for sure. Yeah, you're certainly right, mate. And, and that's probably a good segue, mate, to talking about Lakes. And let's let's have a quick look back at last week's uh, results. And we'll start with Lakes. And for many people, while we know they grow an extra leg at home, to see them beat the entrance 30-6 to six was uh, a fairly clinical display from, from Lakes. And you'd have to think that, uh, as you said, that starts to put a bit of a marker on them for, as a team to watch. We've seen West string a couple together and all of a sudden they're in fifth and makes you realise that uh, those sides in that sort of bottom four or five aren't that far away at any given point. Oh, exactly right, mate. I um, I watched a fair bit of their game. I'm mates with a fair few of those Lakes boys, and um, even when we versed them a couple of rounds back, I, the score didn't indicate the game. I, I think we might have beat them thirty nil or something like that. But they never stopped trying. Like they just keep coming and coming and coming at you. And that sort of team that that's what I said. You, you can't write any team off, let alone especially them, because um, they're a young side. But yeah, they just keep trying, mate. And sometimes you use the good thing in this um in this competition. You know what I mean? Because it, it's just it's kids that 
Um, they don't care who you are. They don't care where you've been. They just show up and have a rip. And you've seen that against the entrance. It's just um, it's working wonders for them at the moment. It's it's good. It's good to see them getting rewarded for their hard work as well. Yeah, it certainly is, and as you say, they've they've had quite a good run over sort of the last uh, few weeks. Probably if you go back the last four weeks, um, they ran central for the best part of sixty minutes, and we know what central can offer. Um, you know, we, well even just before that, they ran Macquarie as well. They beat Souths, uh, and they've had a win over Curry. Uh, the fourteen nil scoreline against West probably doesn't reflect how good Lakes were in that game, and then beating the entrance. So you, you can't be taking them lightly at the moment. No, exactly. They're they're really playing themselves into form and. We touched on that game against Central. I, w- I watched that as well, and um, th- th- it blew out a bit in the end that that scoreline. But that they were really very into, into the game up to their ears that that first fifty sixty minutes. But um, no, it just goes back to yeah what we were talking about before. You, you can't literally. I know it sounds cliche, but you cannot take any team lightly, and um, it does it does make it difficult showing up every Saturday or Sunday, you know, and it's it's, it's never an easy two points, and especially with those boys. Yeah, certainly right. Uh, we'll run through the other results. Uh, some big wins for Macquarie, forty to eighteen over Souths. Maitland continued their dominant run, forty-eight to six over Wyong. Um, and then, yeah, we talk about you know not not being able to take teams lightly. Curry did their darndest after some some rough form over the previous couple of weeks to to roll Central, only going down by eight points in the end. So um, a, a fair result for Curry, but I'm sure, uh, especially with Mitch Cullen out, but I'm sure they would have much rather the two points. And, and yourselves going down to Harker, which is never an easy place to, to visit, but when Wests are full of confidence with their tails up with three wins on the trot coming in, um, that, they were just a little bit too strong for your boys on the weekend. No, exactly right. Look, you can't take anything away from West. Like, no, it wasn't It was by, um, wasn't even close to our best game, but they, they, they made us play like that. They had enthusiasts. Um, yeah, from the first kickoff, that they, they were just a better side, unfortunately. But um, yeah, they were, they were up for it. We weren't, and then yeah, Macquarie's are just. I still reckon they're probably one of the best attacking teams in the comp. They um, when we versed them a, a couple of weeks back, that they put twenty on us in in the blink of an eye. You know what I mean? They've got really smart halves down there, and then carried at the back as well, just shores them up good. So um, and then yeah, mate, and just do what they do really. They're from from one to seventeen, they're they're a threat, Maitland. So um, we've got our work cut out for us this weekend. But yeah, I, I know they'll be up for it. That we are as well. Yeah, certainly. Let's let's have a quick look at the ladder. And uh, as as we said, you got Maitland with a game in hand against Curry on eighteen Central, also on eighteen. Yourselves on sixteen. The Scorps on fourteen. We then go through to a bunch. You've got West, the entrance, and Wong all on eight. Curry and Lakes on six, and Souths on four. So again, we talk about any team. Souths have probably had a pretty rough trot. They've Really miss Ryan Glanville. I think has been a big out for them for the majority of the season, and he's still a few weeks away. But if South could put put together two or three wins on the trot over the next few weeks, they could quickly find themselves back up there. You know, knocking on the door of West and the entrance. Um, so there's certainly a long long way from um, a fate accompli. You know, any position on that ladder at the moment. No, exactly right. Um, from I, I'd say Maitland probably in a good position, just mainly on their for and against, mate, because. They can afford to still still drop a couple games, and um, they're falling against the by far and away better better than anyone else's. So um, I'd be I'd be surprised if, if they didn't get the minor premiership, and I don't think anyone will have a problem with me saying that. But from two down through to ten, yeah, your guess is as good as mine. Who finishes where? I hope we're in that top three, as I said. But um, as you, as you said, it, even it's not it's not impossible for South to string, string a few together, go bang bang, and then they're in contention of the top five and playing in August. So. Yeah, you just never know. Yeah, it's certainly... You'd have to think the way the ladder sits at the moment, 
Um, it'd take a fair turn of events for, you know, yourselves, Central and Macquarie to drop out. That said, that fifth spot, though, and, you know, the run that a team may go on to get fifth spot, they could come into the finals in absolute red-hot form. And as we saw with West last week or any of the sides on a given day, they can roll sides. So um, it's going to be an exciting race to the finals, but that that all, you know, takes another step this week. So let's have a look at this week's games and, and we'll wrap up finally with, with that Bar TV Sports match the round and get your thoughts on it. But let's start with the other Saturday game. And this one's really key for both of these sides. The entrance in a little bit of rough form. They head up to Curry, who Curry will welcome back in their captain, Mitch Cullen, from suspension. Um, and, you know, you'd have to certainly think that you're looking at a side that loses this that's, you know, really starting to, to push the proverbial uphill. No, it'll be a good game, that game, because um, both sides are they're, they're desperate and they both want to win. They're both big, big physical sides as well. So um, <laughs> if you're asking for an opinion on the winner, I can't help you because, yeah, the, the, those two teams especially, they're, they're um, versus them both, they're really evenly matched. I know Curry are a real physical side and entrance of the big side, but also got some powerful, um, some powerful strike on the edge as well. So, yeah, it'll be a good game, that one. Yeah, it certainly will. They will. Looks like uh, Curry welcoming back in Jared Anderson into the centres, which will be um, a good addition of it, some experience. And I, I think the battle up front here, Frank Paul Nuasala versus uh, big Ayasua Afoa, who's been a standout for the entrance for mine. Um, they will miss uh, Tim Nawakatabu, who's one of their other big front rows entrance, but a couple of big bodies, as you talked about. So she'll be a physical one up at the graveyard on uh, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I know. Um, those entrance boys, I, I remember versing uh, a couple of weeks back and we were just trying to um, just take the sting out in the first 20, 30 minutes and then they bring their rotation on and they're just as big. So there's no, there's no hiding from them. But um, no, it'll be a, a good matchup, like you said. Frank Paul and um, those boys at the Curry Pass, they won't take a backward step either. No, they certainly won't. Let's, let's move on to Sunday and there's some, some cracking clashes here and... Uh... Wyong, uh, again, a couple of couple of significant losses over the last few weeks, and they take on Lakes, who, while they might sit in ninth place, Robbie Payne will certainly have them up and about, but uh, the the battle here between uh, these two sides will be... Um, it's, they've played in some cracking games back in the days when uh, Wyong used to be in our competition, and uh, there'll be no love loss. It's a little bit of a rivalry just down the, uh, the highway there, but um, can Mitch Williams get his boys up and return them to the winner's circle, or do you think Lakes will continue to... Uh, build on their strong form at home? Well, it, it, again, mate, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because Wyong are a good, good footy side. I, I know that, and the, the rest of the competition should know that. Um, they, they've got some good footy in them, and they've got some... They're, they're too good a team to just keep going the way they're going, so look for them to bounce back. But then you've got got on the other end, just like a bunch of kids with momentum. We know how hard that is to stop, especially in this competition. Once you um, can string a few good games of footy together... Um, like Lakes are doing at the moment, it's um yeah it, it's tough to toss. So again, it's um if Wyong can, can turn it around, I, I still think that they're a really serious winning side. Yeah, certainly if Wyong can get back to that side that won four of their first six before they've gone on this bit of a, a treacherous run, uh, then yeah they can beat anyone on their day. When you've got the likes of Mitch Williams and Terence Cio in the spine, but I think. One of the big turning points for me, um, and it's and it's a guy that started the season up with you guys, and he went down to Lakes in Joel Edwards. He's just out of that bit of experience. He's such a danger man when he, you know, like he doesn't seem seem to be doing too much, but when he hits someone, they stay they stay tackled, and and I reckon eighty percent of the time when he goes to the line, he manages to find an effective offload. So he's a dangerous guy without really, you know, you see some of these back rowers that are breaking the line all the time and doing the the real, you know, wow moment things. 
Joel's just such a solid performer. He's Mr. Consistent, and you know what you're going to get from him, but he's so hard to shut down. Yeah, 100%. As you touched on early on then, um, his experience is really helping there because that's all that uh, some kids need in this competition. They just need an older head to tell them, like, <laughs> it's going to be all right. Go out there, have a crack. And it seems like since Joel's, um, since Joel's went there, that's exactly what Blake's been doing. So, yeah, he's definitely been a good addition for Lakes. And um, I don't know if it's him that's turned him around, but he, he certainly helped. Yeah, certainly. Uh, next one up, we'll have a look. And again, on Sunday, 3 o'clock at St. John Oval Central have had a nice little run of home games over the last few weeks, and it's certainly not harming their form. And they take on South, who, again, sit in 10th, but, you know, on their day, and, and I actually I actually refereed this game in the first round, and it was an absolute cracker between these two, and uh, Central got away from them late. But I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the likes of Brendan Simpson up front taking on Junior Rakika and uh, big Witty Baker off the bench as well. So... Uh, again, some some solid forwards here. Then you add into the strike backs. You know, you've got Brad Murray and Dylan Pithian in the halves coming up against Jason Keelan. And then you've got Cam Anderson up against Harry Van Dardel at the back, who, mate, as a, as a fullback, undoubtedly, you watch the two of them and, and the way they play. Oh, yeah, they're, they're unreal, those two boys. Um, I went to school with, with Cam, and he's just, he's just gone from strength to strength since, to be honest. he's um He amazes me what he does every week for, for a kid that's um, pretty skinny, a bit like myself. Um, the amount of tackles he breaks per game is unreal. And then you've got H for South. Um, he's not the biggest bloke either, but yeah, he's as strong as an ox. Him. The same thing, he's extreme, extremely elusive, extremely powerful and really hard to tackle. So again, while um, I do, I really respect Central as a footy side, I think they're um, a really, really well-rounded team. But yeah, that, that, they they want to have their wits about them as well because yeah, as we've said time and time again, you can't just show up to any game and just expect to get the two points for free because the South especially they they're um they've showed time and time again while the results haven't really went their way the majority of this year they um they don't go away they keep keep coming and coming that they certainly do and speaking of sides that keep coming and coming you saw it firsthand in the last couple of weeks both these sides with. Uh putting some red-hot footy against you. you got two points against Macquarie, and they're the side that hosts West, and it's fourth versus fifth. Again, it's fairly astounding to think that only a few weeks ago, West was sitting winless on the bottom of the ladder. Uh, Todd Lowry's really got them firing, and uh, a few changes been rung at Macquarie, but um, you, as you say, you can't underrate a side that's got you know a couple of guys that Cessnock fans know quite well in Kerrit Holland and Joe Woodbury in their outside backs. Uh, Andy Sumner in the halves, and then that forward pack talks for itself, although they'll certainly be missing Luke Higgins after he's been injured. So uh, who, who do you like here, mate? Uh, what do you think are going to be the keys in this game? Can West continue their winning run, or will it be the Scorps at home? Well, to be honest, I, was, I know um, the weather's meant to be a bit wet on the weekend. I, I reckon that weather will really um, sort of have an impact on this game because they're two completely different sides as far as I'm concerned. Macquarie got loads and loads and loads of footy in them whereas West just do the 1%ers, and that's what they've done so well against us last week. they just done the little things right. they out in just they talk well, um, they push on the footy, they do all the little things right. But to be honest, it, it, if, it's, if it's wet, um, I reckon West are in it up their eyeballs because, yeah, that'll really suit them to sort of grind the uh, game out, try and take this thing out of Macquarie because, um, as I said, it, while, while we, we managed to reel them in uh, the other week, um, Macquarie have got so, so much put in and like they, they can take the game away from you in literally 10 minutes. So um, <laughs> weather dependent on that one, to be honest. Yeah, so I think you're right there and you've only got to look back through the scores for Wests and, you know, uh, plenty of their games, 20 to 12, 18, 10, 14, 10, 18, 16, 18, 4, 14, 0, 16, 10 are a lot of their score lines. The only time that anyone's really put 
anything more than 24 points on them was Maitland, who we know are an anomaly to themselves. And, and I know West had a couple of players out that day as well at Harker. So if it's an arm wrestle, it's going to suit West down to a tee. If it's a, a high-scoring shootout, um, you know, there's not too many sides that can go with Macquarie. You guys were fortunate to do that the other week down there. But it's I, I can't imagine Steve Kidd will have, have them if they um, start putting some points on. You know, he'll be making sure they're well awake to that and not, not having that lapse they had in the second half against you guys. No, exactly right. Um, yeah, I, I reckon West really impressed me last week. As I said, they're just yeah, a young side. They came out 100 mile an hour. If, if they can bring that same energy um, against Macquarie, and if it is a little bit slippery to try and yeah, dull scores attack, um, uh, that'll be a close one, I reckon. Yeah, I certainly. I think um, certainly looking at things on on um, paper, there there wasn't much separating your game and their game as match of the round. But we do get to your game, which will be Saturday afternoon up there at Cessnock Sports Ground, Baddeley Park, and it's yourselves hosting the Maitland Pickers. We've seen Maitland take almost all before them, but you're the only side that they haven't beaten yet this year, and undoubtedly that's something that they'll have in the back of their mind, as will you, knowing that they will full well be up for this contest. And you talked about it before; they're a fairly complete side. One through 17, they've got some real strike in the outside backs, as you can see, looking at the tri-scorers leaderboard um, with, you know, the likes of Perry LeBrock and James Bradley. We know what Brock Lamb delivers, and then that forward pack speaks for itself. I mean, you could talk about each individual player there. But undoubtedly, you know, your side, the attack of Tyrone Roberts-Davis, Adrian Davis, yourself at, at, at one, and, and Billy Gilbert, he's been a revelation at nine. So you guys will certainly be fired up for this and, and fancy yourselves a chance to um, knock them off for a second time in 2021. No, exactly. Um, it's it's good to know that we can go with um, yeah, the cream of the crop, really, because I remember last game. Last game was the most physical game I think I've ever played in against them. I think um, the Maitland boys will agree as well. Like, we were only just getting over our soreness, uh, and then it was time to go again the next Saturday after. So I can um, I can assure you it'll be plenty of the same again. But um, we just we just need to do the little things right against them because a bit similar to Macquarie, Maitland can take the game away from you in 10, 20 minutes of footy. So you need to play smart. You need to be on the ball all 80 minutes because, as you said, the, the strike that we've got out wide and then Chad and Lammy steering them around and, and then you've got um, Al Lembridge at nine who, who's always a threat as well. So they're extremely well-rounded. Like you said, from one to 17, any any one of those players can break you. So, um, yeah, we're, we're up for it, but we're going to need to be as well because, that, as you said, it's... Um, yeah, there's there's no denying they're the benchmark. I think anyone will um, anyone will admit that. But yeah, I've got full confidence, mainly in our forward pack as well, because that's where we beat them last time. I reckon through the middle, and as you said, those boys like um, Billy Gilbert, especially he's um, <laughs> he's mad as a cup snake to be honest. But uh, he's um, <laughs> he's he's great to have around, and he's great to play with as well. He's just um, he's tough as nails. He is, but um, yeah, he's looking forward to it, and so are the rest of us. Yeah, it'll certainly be a cracking clash. And, and you talked about it, mate. Uh, last time you guys played in the Bar TV Sports uh, match of the round, it was your Fords that did did the uh, a lot of the talk. And uh, White Shaw, I think, got best on ground. So I'm sure he'll be sniffing about for a uh, another man of the match performance. He's been strong for you this year. But I just want to have a quick look before we before we pack it in, mate. Uh, the, the way your team's been named, I know it was a late change last week, but when you can stack Liam Foran and Scott Briggs, that experience and ball playing as listed on your bench, mate, uh, that's a pretty good problem to have. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> with um, having that experience on, on the rotation with Foz and then in six and seven with AJ and um and Briggy, it's it's so good in those that they just know what to do and when to do it, especially in those those close games. It's um, you, money can't buy experience, as they say. And um, 
I know I'm always learning off them, especially in those tight games. My um, something I really want to work on myself, my, my game management, and they're AJ, uh, Foz, and Briggsy. They're probably the three best folks you could talk to in terms of learning how to ice a game and really put uh, really put teams away. So um, if we can stay in the arm wrestle with Maitland, I'm sure I'm sure you'll see those three boys sort of um, step up to the plate and yeah, lead us around. Yeah, certainly. I think, and, and we talk about that game back against Macquarie, and, and I think having that ability, you know, without wanting to put a slight on Liam, we know that he's probably not 100% of the health that he was once upon a time in his prime, but for him to just be able to come in and chime in in those game management situations, and we saw him, you know, get involved in setting up some tries as you came from behind there, um, as alongside having Scott come and join the team at that point has been huge for you guys. So I'm sure Todd's loving having those weapons at his disposal alongside yourself <laughs> and AJ. You're being polite there, mate. Foz can hardly walk. You don't need to stay there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he's doing all right playing, playing first grade in such a t- tough competition for a bloke who's got one leg, I reckon. So <laughs> he's, just, he's a smart footy player, Foz, and he, he's another one that's great to have around. But, um, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trade any of my boys for um, for anyone else, to be honest. They, um, <laughs> they love a scrap. And, uh, like I said, if we can just stay in that arm wrestle with Maitland, we're, we're right in it, I reckon. Yeah, lovely, mate. All the best for the weekend. A big thank you for your time tonight. Um, we've gone over the 15 I said I'd take you for, but I appreciate you giving a bit of time and a bit of thoughts on the competition. Um, yeah, all the best for this weekend and for the rest of the year. Hopefully we can see uh, you and the boys going deep into the comp. I know Todd, after uh, it took him a few years to uh, get one premiership, I'm sure he'd love to have back-to-backs. Yeah, exactly. Um, Toddy doesn't sleep much through the week, to be honest. He gets that nervous with our game. So it, uh, it'd be good to send him off this year and he might be able to get a bit of bit of shuttle, I finally. So <laughs> let's hope we get win this weekend and keep winning, mate. Lovely, mate. Big thank you for your time and uh, we'll catch you around the traps later in the season. No worries. Thanks, mate. All right, it's been a big episode and we're wrapping it up now with some NRL wrap and it is a big round, uh, certainly for any Novocastrian, one of the Knights' great uh, cult heroes and certainly characters, Mark Hughes and his Mark Hughes Foundation have the beanies for brain cancer round this weekend. So make sure if you haven't already, get out and buy this year's design and uh, get behind the uh, great work they're doing for brain cancer and... uh, yeah, support it. I know all the uh, venues will be selling them, so if you do get to a game this week, make sure to get a hold of a beanie. If not, you can jump online to Mark Hughes Foundation and get hold of one. But Josh Spiegelman, there's plenty of footy to uh, to run through, and it all kicks off Thursday night with uh, the Broncos and uh, Rabbitohs, mate. Yeah, it does, mate. Um, I'll note here the Broncos have won four of their past five against the Rabbitohs at Suncorp Stadium, and I can confirm that this will not continue. The Rabbitohs can absolutely... Uh, kill the Broncos here. They're coming up two big wins. The Broncos are pretty much a mess. And Reynolds will be looking to impress against his future club. So, um, yep, tipping the Rabbitohs here. Yeah, it'd be an interesting opportunity for Adam Reynolds, as you say, to head up there and uh, try out his soon-to-be home track. Uh, I see the Broncos with another halves combination here. There's just no consistency, and, and we've talked about it ad nauseum before. You just can't back a side that's performing like they are, especially when uh, their coach keeps chopping and changing the lineup. So, um, yeah, you, you probably can't give me quite enough uh, start to really get about the Broncos, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, you can't, mate. Uh, South have also got, obviously, Damien Cook, Cameron Murray returning, um, Gagai and Arrow cleared as well. So, yep, uh, strong lineup for the Rabbits, good form, you know, they should win comfortably. 
Yeah, certainly. The only slight positive for the Broncos is I think that they do welcome back in uh, Xavier Coates. So uh, that'll be a bit of a boost for them. But again, it's, you know, a Band-Aid on a bullet wound, isn't it? So uh, let's jump across to the Friday night early game. And it will be... This one's an interesting one for mine. The Cowboys hosting the Sharks. Again, we, we talk about this all the time. There's a lot of teams that have just got some really inconsistent form lines. The Cowboys sitting in seventh. The Sharks in ninth. The Sharks two dollar fifteen outsiders up at Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville. Uh, Wade Graham out for the Sharks. Justin O'Neill out for the uh, Cowboys. So a decent loss for both sides. I think Wade Graham will probably be felt a little bit more. So I'll be on the Cowboys bandwagon. Yeah, I'll join you too, mate. That um, Wade Graham out's a big one for me. Um, yeah, I know Tab's got the Cowboys favourites at about a dollar seventy, two and a half lines. So. I'll be tipping the Cowboys in this one, especially at home. I think it was, uh, yeah, in New South Wales. I might have gone the Sharks still, but home field advantage, I'll go the Cowboys. Lovely, mate. The next one, this should be a fairly bumper clash, although the Roosters obviously, um, you know, not the side they once were, and especially sad the news during the week of uh, Boyd Cordner's retirement, another one due to concussion, and their third uh, retirement due to a long-term injury this season. So uh, they've taken a bit of a beating in that regard, but... Uh, the Panthers will be firing and they won't uh, be feeling any sympathy for the Roosters with welcoming back uh, all their origin stars. Yeah, everyone's expected to be back this week for Penrith and that's reflected in the odds at $1.23, 12 and a half line. Um, yeah, I'll be tipping Penrith here. Uh, I think they'll get their streak back on track. You know, I'm not a Penrith fan, obviously, but I was kind of kind of bummed to see a streak broken that I thought could have continued thanks to origin. I mean, it gives cause to a discussion later on about moving origin to the end of the season full-time again. You know, instances like this, but it's been part of the game for a long time, and every successful club's got to go through it, don't they? If they, you know, the Knights back in the early 2000s or the Dragons around 2010, I knew, I knew, you'd, I knew you'd find a reason to, to uh, hark back to the glory <laughs> days of the Knights at some point. So that's 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 a <laughs> nice, nice little segue. I do know that, that uh, Big Billy Kicks is out this week, but I, I really don't think it's going to make a huge difference. Um, uh, the the Roosters obviously welcome back into Desco and uh, Verrills as well onto the bench, but I just think. I just don't see how the, the Roosters stack up. I don't see anyone really stacking up at this point, barring maybe Melbourne, uh, to this Penrith side. Yeah, Penrith are going to be keen, like I said, to get a, get a win back on the board here. They, you know, they've had it rough um, last couple of weeks. So, yeah, Penrith are mine. All right, we might just skip over the 3 o'clock game and come back to it to wrap up our preview. Uh, the next one, the Dragons versus the Raiders. Uh, I am buoyant. We've had a win, the Raiders, uh, and... We're, we're ready to make our charge back into the top eight. We've gone from third last to almost in the eight, uh, just with one win and another win here. We'll see us leapfrog the eighth-place Dragons, and uh, we are uh, favourites on the road against the Dragons, and, and uh, mate, uh, heart and head and everything else is uh, screaming lime green for me. Yes, mate. Um, the Dragons were my one wrong tip last week, so I will not be tipping them this week. Absolutely atrocious against the Bulldogs. They're out infused by the last place team. On top of that, the Raiders have, I saw, won four straight against the Dragons. Last time the Dragons won was in 2018 when they had Widdop on the team. So, yep, Raiders here for me. I uh, just checked the line really quick. Uh, only two and a half. I'll take the Raiders with the line there, I think. Yeah, I was going to say between one and a half and two and a half, depending where you're betting. But, uh, yeah, it's um, it's certainly... Look, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I, I think the Raiders should get the job done. It, it's hard when two out of your four spine members know they don't have jobs next year. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Although I'm, I'm pretty sure Matt Dufty will pick up a job somewhere. But we saw the worst of Matt Dufty after, last week after seeing the best of him the week before. And 
unfortunately, he's getting a little bit of a reputation as a uh, as a, a flat track hero, um, and you know he's going to need to turn that around if he wants to pick up a, a solid contract with a decent club for 2022. Uh, but let's move on to the late game on Saturday, and that'll be the Storm versus the West Tigers. Uh, the Tigers had some good form against the Storm last year, but heading up to Sunshine Coast Stadium, Melbourne's home away from home, they're going to have their work cut out. The uh, the Storm welcome back in Christian Welsh and uh, Nelson Asafa Solomona, so two big names in for them. But the big in, and this is a fair barnstorming addition, is Ken Maumalo for the Tigers' mid-season signing. That's a fair size of wing pairing for the uh, West Tigers. It is, mate. And um, I've read a stat today, courtesy of NRL.com. I'm sure other people have too, that it's the third time this season um, Amalo will play the Storm. And he's scored hat-tricks in both games against the Storm this year, playing for the Warriors. So positive signs for the Tigers. Can they get him the ball? I'm not sure. <laughs> They're about 10 to 1 in the betting right now. So I'll obviously be tipping Melbourne. Christian Welsh should make a return for them. Uh, so Melbourne, for me, 23-and-a-half line on Tabcorp is pretty steep. I'm not sure I'll take that. But, yeah, I'll, I'll go the head-to-head for sure. I'll tell you what, if I could get the flat converted four tries or more, I'd, I'd definitely look at it. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. And uh, he's pretty familiar with taking on Melbourne and scoring hat-tricks. It was only last weekend he did it. So uh, exactly. his last game with the Warriors, and now he backs up again. So he knows what he's up against. I'm just having a look at this team lineup though. How's the, the just the build of their their centre three quarter line as the uh, old timers amongst us might call it? Nofo Aluma, Tommy Talao, James Roberts, and Ken Malmalo. There's there's some serious size there, isn't there? There's some serious size size, mate, and it's um, some serious diamonds or rocks, whichever way they decide to turn up. So obviously, you didn't mention uh, Dueli there. He's out this week after he copped a knock last week. I think that's a you know, decent loss for them as well. He's pretty creative and dangerous with the ball. So they, they wouldn't like to have him against a pretty tough defensive Melbourne side. Yeah, they certainly certainly will. But uh, it'd be interesting to see. I'll tell you what, if they if they all hit diamonds, all four of them, it'll be like getting a feature on the uh, hyperlink at the West <laughs> Leagues Club. Uh, however, you're more likely to put a couple of 50s in and walk out empty-handed, I think, uh, <laughs> with that back line. So we'll, we'll wait and watch. Uh, hopefully we see the best of those four because that'll be an absolutely cracking back line battle if we do. So... But uh, moving along, and we'll jump on to, what's that take us to? Sunday's games. Uh, and the early game is the uh, Inner West Derby. It's the Parramatta Eels versus the Canterbury Bulldogs. After what I saw from the Bulldogs last week, anything's possible. But also after what we've seen from the Eels in recent weeks, again, you know, they've got uh, plenty of points in them at the moment. And as you said, the Knights played them into form. You picked that one right. So, uh I think the Bulldogs might bounce back to their natural form line and uh, the Eels might uh, rack out another 40-odd points here. Yeah, I think so too, mate. This is the um, second uh, shortest odds of the week. Parramatta eight at Tabcorp. Um, yeah, the Dogs, I don't think they can repeat that sort of performance two weeks in a row when a team's kind of that calibre. It's kind of like their grand final when they get a win like that up. So, um, yeah, Parramatta for the tip here, pretty easy for me. Simo's um, out, that won't change much. And the last one, and this one's an interesting one for me because, you know, we've, we've seen at different points in recent weeks the absolute best and worst uh, of the Gold Coast Titans. They are, again, another one of these roller coaster sides that you just really don't know what's going to turn up on any given day. They nearly rolled the storm the week before. Then they came back from an absolute, what looked like they were going to have 60 put on them by the Roosters and got, got to the lead and then threw that away. So we, we know on their day they can match it with anyone. And look, Manly's got plenty of points on them, but they're also prone to having a little nap, as we saw against the Knights a couple of weeks ago. 
Can the Titans catch them napping up at uh, Seabus Super Stadium? Yeah, I'm not confident, mate. I think um, from memory, this was the game that um, the Seagulls blew them out. Was it like 36-0, I think, round five or six earlier in the season? Was that Tommy Travoyevich's return? Yeah, I think it was out at, at Mudgy. Yeah, out at Mudgy. So that's the form we're going off. Um, for the Titans, AJ Brimson, he's named in the reserve. He might be a late inclusion, but even if he is, I'm going to go the, the, the Eagles. They just had the absolute wood on them last time. You know, the Titans could remember that, obviously, come out with a bit more intensity. But, yeah, Manly are the... You, you don't want to call them dark horse for the comp because I don't think they can beat a Penrith. But they're definitely exceeding expectations, uh, pre-season expectations. And, yeah, with the lineup they've got, uh, I'll be tipping them. Yeah, it's certainly hard to go against at the moment. Uh, but I'm, I'm just going to... Just just to mix things up, because we seem to have been echoing each other's sentiments on nearly every game here. I'm going to go just that little roughy and... Uh, Take a bit of the two two eighty five that's uh, available with uh, the Gold Coast Titans here, and uh, yeah, just just see how I can go. I, I threw threw a few chips in last week and uh, decided after my tips had already gone out the window for the week to swing and uh, have a swing at the Bulldogs and managed to hit home on Sunday afternoon or Monday with the last game of the round. So let's see if I can do it two weeks in a row. Oh, you should have shared that with me, mate. I would have got an eight out of eight. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend anyone listen to me based on the other seven games I tipped, though. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, mate, all right. Well, we've, we've kept it uh, fairly short and sweet, but let's let's dedicate a few minutes to uh, you singing the praises of the returning faithful for the Newcastle Knights as they host the New Zealand Warriors uh, at uh, McDonald Jones Stadium, which will undoubtedly probably be rebranded Beanies for Brain Cancer Stadium again this week. And it's a, it's a battle of the uh, the absolute two, you know, two of the absolute gun Young fullbacks. I mean, Kalen Ponga only just falls into that category now, but Kalen Ponga against what's, you know, even in hairstyles, almost his heir apparent in Reese Walsh. Yeah, mate. Yeah, some uh, yeah, good thoughts there. I'm sure keep, keep some of the ladies entertained in the match as well. But, um, yeah, I just want to mention this incredible stat I read. Um, you know, although Bradman Best is now out, I've been singing his, um, you know, praises how we haven't been able to match him up with um, PSL Ponga this year, but can you believe this? O'Brien has been able to name Pierce, Ponga and Braley in the same side for the first time since round two last season. That is just astounding to me how unlucky you can be with that many injuries, mate. So to have that three to find, the one, the seven and the nine together, that's going to be great to see. And that's before you even explore the depth of the six options that they've had to change through when, you know, you look back and, you know, you had Blake Green going to the Bulldogs, not going to the Bulldogs, Connor Watson in there, Kurt Mann in there. Uh, t- you know, when round two last year was happening, Jake Clifford was not even a thought of Adam O'Brien's, I wouldn't suggest. So, And here he is already in the team, named named to play in that spine for the first time in, well, it's, you know, since COVID. That, that's how far back we're going. Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to see how, you know, the returning Pearson Ponga spot in with Clifford. You know, I don't know how long Pierce is going to be at the club or if Crossland's going to take that over long term. But just to see, yeah, Pierce and Clifford, I think I think that'll benefit Clifford great, like greatly, Ponger as well. Um, so it'd be great to see what they can do together. And, um, yeah, I've got a few notes on where I think the game's going to be won and lost, mate, if you want me to get into yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get into that in one second, mate. I've, I've just got one question for you in regards to this game. In terms of matchups, on a scale of one to Greg Smith, how nervous are you about Dominic Young defending Roger tuivasa Shek? <laughs> Greg Smith, mate, that's a throwback there for the listeners that uh, aren't aware. He was one of the, well, the least successful 
signing of the club and maybe the, the rugby league history, I'd say. Yeah, he's a form, former Philadelphia a, Eagle, he told, told them when he came out and turned so out he he, he'd never trialled, never played and somehow made his way into first grade in the days before the internet. What a time to be alive. That would be hilarious. I think he played against the Bulldogs. This was before my time, but I, I haven't seen any footage, I don't think, but from the stories I've heard, it sounded like if I put my way into first grade next week, mate, <laughs> so we'll, um, yeah, I might have to see if I can find some, some YouTube footage of Greg Smith or an article and share it uh, uh, share it on the page just for a laugh it uh, won't have context for those that don't listen to the show but for the loyal faithful it, uh, it certainly will yeah if the loyal faithful is stuck with us this far you are loyal faithful so well done to you guys and um, yeah back to Dom Young matey you know I think last week was his third ever first grade game across both England and Australia so obviously still learning a lot Young guy, big. He's got his, but he's got to grow a bit more. You know, like get the muscle on, like a bit like Hodgson, the young fullback that's come across. So, give him some time. Yeah, Roger could probably sidestep him out of his shoes currently. So that's a scary thought. However, on the flip side of that, the man we mentioned earlier, Ken Mamalo, won't be playing against us. Obviously, we won't have to face a hat trick hero here. So, a um, bit of a let up there for the edge defence. So, I'll move across to the. Uh, areas, mate. That sort of goes into it. Yeah, fire through, mate. Let's get into it. Let's let's hear the the uh, the Knights' tragics take a part of this week's game. Oh, it's a short take a part, mate. It's where I think it'll be won and lost. So yeah, going to that edge defence. I mean, you don't have to be a tragic or a you know aficionado to, to have seen how really bad our edge defence has been this year. Just absolutely atrocious at times. You know, South were some of those moves. I know they're great at it for Johnson, but this training run really. Um, so, yeah, I think the Warriors have spread the ball wide. Obviously, you mentioned two of us are checked against Dom Young and some of their powerful ball runners outright. They'll look to spread that beat us through the edges. And I think we'll, we'll look to beat him through the middle, even though, you know, Ponger and Pierce are back. I think this is a big game for Watson and Braley. I think um, Watson off the bench, obviously. If he does, you know, jump in a dummy half on occasion, even while he's on a lock. So, you try to get out fast, catch those big Warriors middles, bit tired, bit loose through the ruck. I think... Um, because they're, from what I've seen watching the Warriors games, their defence up the middle hasn't been great at times. So look for that to be the case. Hopefully our edge defence can um, stick solid, you know, um, hold them to a small number of points and, yeah, get the win, mate, because we didn't stand up on Old Boys Day for the boys against Paris. So I really hope we stand up for Husey this game for the, um, you know, the beans to brain cancer. So brilliant. Yeah, lovely, mate. And certainly think uh, I'll, I'll be on the Knights bandwagon this week. I think they match up well against the Warriors. So um, it uh, certainly certainly seems a case that the bookies agree. And, it, and it, look, it's a crucial game if they want to stay in that finals race. I mean, they're, they're sitting in a reasonable spot at the moment where they're, they're not far from striking. Um, yes, they do sit all the way down in 14th, but they're only a win and some for and against outside of that eight. But another loss here would see them slip four points behind the Warriors and at least... Four points adrift to the finals, so it's a key game for the Knights to win at home. It is, mate. Oh, we mentioned this at least over a month, or maybe even you know eight weeks ago now. Um, how when Pierce got ruled out, that you know we just needed a notch to win here and there. And when he did return at that time, we didn't know Ponga would be out either. But this is our time to make that push. You know, now it's do or die. He's back. I know this is first week, but we expect results. He's back. He's with Ponga. This is a must-win, mate, at home. Now, if we don't win this, we can pretty much ride off the finals for mine. Well, that's correct. Yeah, you'll be nine nine games to come and, you know, 12 points if you count the bye and still probably require at least another 12 to 14 points. So start doing the maths and you're needing seven or eight wins out of, out of your last eight or nine games and, you, and you're in real trouble. So 
Uh, big game for the Knights this weekend. And, uh, mate, uh, we, we like to back our first try scorers. So what have you got for me this week? Uh, to chuck your lazy Stewie Diver on uh, in terms of a first try scorer for the punters at home. Uh, you go first, mate. I'll just have a quick glance. All right, mate. No worries. I am going to go. Uh, I've got two little bets, but my first try scorer, I'm going to go none other than the man who scored a try in origin, Daniel Safiti at $31. I think there's some value Ooh. there. So chuck a nice lazy fiver on there. Um, he's got going to have a point to prove against a big Warriors pack, but uh, he runs some nice little angle lines in there amongst the posts, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Uh, Jag one. Yeah, no, that's a um, big return, mate. If that comes through, he's a uh, yeah, good footwork, good close to the line, crash ball, he's a big body, so always a chance, mate. Always good value for those big props. Um, I think I'll play a little safer. I'm going to go big KP. I'm going to go him first try. Um, you know, I think uh, he'll want to inject himself early in the contest. Like, I kind of see this game being one of those close ones by half time in the night winning at the end, so maybe if you could put on the, a bet around that um, parameter, I reckon yep, that might yep. be a go. A time so, of first try and stuff, push it out, or close margins. So, mate, close my, margins. My, my other sneaky little one, just throw it into your uh, same game multi, maybe with the Knights to win into, you know, a tight first half is... Uh, Bit of uh, Jack Johns to get his first NRL try. I think uh, he'll come on. I think you get a little bit more minutes this week uh, coming off the bench. And uh, we've seen him sort of increase his workload and he's got the ability there. He can, you know, he's a former former half and 5'8". Uh, he's got some good feet at the line. So uh, almost $4 available at Sportsbet. So if you can throw that into your same game multi, it'll bolster some odds for a bit of a, a loose changer. Um, but, mate, uh, yeah, that, that's my couple of tips for you. But, again, as I said, uh, I could stop a train at the moment. So both those guys will probably get ruled out before kickoff. <laughs> we'll see, mate. Yeah, I hope he, hope he does, Jack Johns. That would be great to see. Um, I envision, like I mentioned before, around the ruck, mate, I think um, Connor Watson's good for a break this game. Now, he has been dead set rocks or diamonds in the open field, as you've seen. He can either pass it to me in row 50 or he can pass it on your chest. So... I envision maybe a KP anytime backing up Connor Watson on a break, or I can see Connor Watson going himself through the middle here in this game. Might be an anytime tip there. I'll tell you what, mate. If you go uh, Connor Watson into Jack Johns anytime into the Knights to win, you can get about 15 or $16 on Sportsbet at the moment for a same-game multi. So, um, you know, if, if that comes through, we'll, well, we'll be partying at, uh, at Lee Castle HQ, mate. That's for sure. So... <laughs> That might uh, pay for all those prizes that we're giving away in the local competition. But, mate, uh, on that note, we might wrap it up. Good luck to the Knights and the Raiders this weekend. Hopefully we can both come back. There hasn't been many weeks where we've both had a win. So uh, overdue, I think, and both both sides welcoming back plenty of key players. So uh, make sure you get down. Enjoy Beanie for Brain Cancer Round at any ground you can get to this weekend. But certainly uh, make sure it's a sellout for the Knights. Cheer them home uh, so that they stay alive in the finals race. And... Uh, keep on charging towards September. But, mate, thank you again for all your work this week and uh, we look forward to catching up with you next week and hopefully, as I said, recapping those wins and having a bit of a chat about State of Origin that's uh, now only about uh, 10 days away by the time this podcast comes out. Yes, mate. I can't wait for that. Can't wait for the series win, touch wood. Go the Blues, go the Knights, get yourself a beanie for Mark Hughes and have a great weekend. A big thanks to all of today's guests, of course, our regular co-host Josh Spiegelman for all of his time given up for the show. Uh, Matt Hinton from the Dungog Warriors. We also had Dylan and Ryan Jones, the Philippines Internationals, who are applying their trade down at the Swansea Swans in the B-grade Newcastle Hunter competition. 
And, of course, Harry O'Brien, the talisman fullback from the Cessnock Goannas. Some great insight uh, from him added there on the Denton Engineering Cup. So a big thanks also to you for tuning in. Another great episode uh, with plenty of local footy content. So if you've managed to dredge your way through all of it, uh, hats off to you. And also uh, make sure to keep on tuning in. Check out our social media channels, Leadcastle AUS on Facebook, Leadcastle AU on Instagram. And, of course, Twitter. Make sure to get out this weekend. We have a bumper full round of Senior Rugby League in the region again with uh, the long weekend now behind us. It is beanies for brain cancer round, so do get the, if you get the opportunity, try and support the Mark Hughes Foundation by making a donation or purchasing a beanie. It's a great cause uh, trying to fight against and find a solution for brain cancer. And uh, finally, a big thank you and welcome on board to our new partner, Smart Artist, uh, make sure to check out him on Facebook under Smart Artist. And, uh, yeah, he can get involved with photography and a number of other things for all of your events as is required. Uh, he does a great job. You can check out on his Facebook page some of his photography he's done, especially the work he's done in recent times with the Maitland Pickers and All Saints at Maitland in terms of a rugby league perspective. But he can turn his hand to almost anything, as you'll see there. So a big thanks to Johnny for coming on board. And, of course, just reiterating that announcement that, our Statsman of the Year award, our Newcastle Rugby League play, uh, try scorer of the top try scorer of the year, and the leading point scorer in the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League women's A grade tackle competition will all have prizes given out th- uh, through League Castle and Smart Artist. A hundred dollars to the charity of the winner's choice, as well as a hundred dollars in cold hard cash. So a little bit of incentive to pursue those prizes for local footballers, both male and female. Again, a big thanks to everyone for tuning in. Enjoy your footy this weekend, and we'll catch you next week. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lead Castle, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League.